Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drama and Language Teaching Podcast. Again, this is an episode about a conference, but in contrast to the last, which was an interview, this is more of a collage. And I want to thank Eva Göksel, who helped me collect many of the mini-interviews that you'll hear throughout the episode. Since we recorded them directly at the conference, sound quality might not always be so great, but hopefully they'll convey some of the conference atmosphere. There will also be lots of show notes for this episode, so check out the website. Okay, enough organizational talk, let's get started. The sixth Scenario Forum Symposium took place on 21st and 22nd September 2018 at Leibniz University in Hannover, Germany. The conference's title was Universitäten auf dem Weg zu einer neuen performativen Lehr- und Lernkultur? Question mark. So pretty much universities on the way to a new performative teaching and learning culture. So it was a conference that focused on performative learning in universities. In one of the welcome addresses, Fionn Woodhouse from Cork University College in Ireland mentioned the dream of a university without tables and chairs. And while the conference still relied on having chairs for the audience, the workshop rooms had been set up in a way that left plenty of room for getting active. For an impression of this conference, Eva and I interviewed some of the participants and some people from the organizing team, trying to catch different perspectives. We spoke to two language teachers, two actors, two students, and also one of the main organizers. Dr. Anke Stöver-Blahak of the Center for Languages for Specific Purposes at Hanover University was one of the three organizers of the event. Together with Bärbel Jokschis, theater pedagogue from the Staatstheater Hannover, and Manfred Schewe, professor at Cork University College in Ireland and one of the editors of the Scenario Journal. The Scenario Forum Symposia take place annually, always in a different place. They are slightly smaller than the triannual Scenario Forum conferences. How many participants were there, roughly? I think it must be about 50, mm -hmm. between 50, uh, 45 and 50. And from various countries, too? Yeah, from various countries, from, uh, from Ireland, but also from Switzerland, mm -hmm. from Austria, from uh, Czech, 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 Czech Republic, Republic, Czech Republic, um, Slovakia, yeah, mm -hmm. from, from Norway, mm -hmm. from Sweden. Sweden. So we had really a quite international um, environment. However, the majority of participants were German-speaking, so the main conference language was German, with some talks and workshops in English. To me it was also an important thing that, <laughs> even though I'm now speaking in English, that our conference language was German. And um, to me, it's really important to keep German as a scientific language in the discussion. Not only, I, I, I understand that English is uh, important for the international understanding, but still I think the national uh, languages should, should have their place as scientific languages too. What was special about this conference was the focus on higher education. Yeah, it was our idea to focus on performative teaching methods uh, in universities. 
because mm. yeah I'm teaching in university and it's pretty much a university for um, engineers mm -hmm. so um, it's not easy for us to establish performative methods mm. any kind so what exactly happened at the conference? It started Friday afternoon with a format called Sunbeams. What that is? The Sunbeams were short talks of 10 minutes each, casting light, so to speak, on various topics. These topics were, for example, teaching German as a foreign language with slam poetry, presented by Niels Bernstein from Hamburg University. Project-based learning in computer science which was a topic actually represented by two different talks, namely Kurt Schneiders and Ulrike Jägers, respectively, who teach at Hanover University and at Heilbronn University of Applied Sciences. Then there was a talk about the potentials of reenactment, for example with regard to historical or intercultural topics, presented by Claudia Müller from Berlin. Fionn Woodhouse and Rasheen O'Gorman gave a short introduction to two interdisciplinary performative projects at Cork University College, one with a connection to archaeology and the other focusing on sustainability issues. As you can see, the range of the conference was very much interdisciplinary and not limited to language teaching. And even though the majority of the audience probably had some connection to language teaching, there were specialists of other disciplines present too, such as Annalena, a student from Hanover University. Ich heiße Annalena Wilken und ich studiere Geographie und Deutsch im, jetzt im Master aktuell an der Leibniz Universität. I study for a master's degree in German and Geography to become a teacher. I did an internship where I met Bärbel Jokschis and she asked me, since I was also doing photography during my internship, if I could be the photographer for this event. And also I've written my bachelor's thesis on the topic of performative learning. I haven't had a connection for very long, um, but I want to study um, drama in German, Darstellendes Spiel, in addition to my other two subjects as a third subject. And I think I can use the methods from that, not only in drama as a school subject, but only in other subjects. And that's why I did my bachelor's thesis on this. So how can you use the performative in geography and what potential does it have? I'm also very interested in education for sustainable development. Um, so there's an interdisciplinary curriculum goal at our schools, um, sustainable development, but especially geography deals with this. There's these big topics like migration, climate change, loss of biodiversity, and globalization. So these are all topics in geography. And there are gaps between knowing and doing. So I think that performative methods in lessons where you practice doing already in school and can get active and not only talk about it could be helpful to make a contribution to sustainable development. Helfen kann diese Kluft zu fließen und da eben auch so mit einem Beitrag für die nachhaltige Entwicklung zu leisten. I think this interdisciplinary potential of the performative was what the conference organizers wanted to capture, which was, I guess, why they had invited specialists from such widely different disciplines to give talks. However, as I mentioned already, most participants were probably language teachers of some kind. So that might be one point where the hopes that the organizers um, might have had of reaching a similarly diverse audience were maybe not quite fulfilled. Back to the talks. Apart from the various best practice reports already mentioned, there were also some more abstract aspects that were addressed, such as mimesis and creativity, which was what Edith Karimi from Berlin talked about. 
yet other talks were research-focused, such as Eva's presentation about her PhD research in the area of teacher training in Switzerland. Speakers' professional backgrounds were as mixed as the topics. Researchers, university teachers and actors, with some of them filling all three of these roles, such as Niklas Halt from Sweden. I'm a Swedish actor. I'm also a senior lecturer in acting at the Stockholm Academy of Dramatic Arts, where I do both teaching and research. My research is about acting, the processes of acting. Um, mainly what interests me are the limitations and possibilities and the challenges that we face. What I'm currently is working on is a project about supplement actors, replacement actors. We have a Swedish word for it, inhoppare, uh-huh. which means that the one who comes in and replaces. Who hops in? Yeah. Ah. Yes. And what I found out about that is I first started with it from my own perspective as an actor. What does it mean for, do, for me to do something with two hours or two days of rehearsals instead of two months? Mm-hmm. How is it possible? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends and colleagues who've gone on to stage and performed in roles they've never played, in mm-hmm. plays they've never seen. Wow. And they did that, you know, just from in two hours' notice. How is it possible? But then after a while, I also realized, what does it mean for the rest of the group and the performance and for the audience? So everything is now... <laughs> it's now a huge subject, which is kind of interesting. And that's, to me, the, the whole point of research. So in his research, Niklas asks, what does it mean to be an actor? When does a performance actually start? Is it only when you walk on stage? Or maybe a lot earlier? These were some questions which also resonated with me as a teacher. When does my teaching show start? When I enter the classroom? When I greet the students? Hmm. And when does it stop? Being a teacher is a lot like being an actor, but getting out of your role when you're not at school is maybe even more difficult. Maybe because that teacher self actually is you, and not some character that Shakespeare or Goethe invented. Anyhow, I don't want to get off track, so if you want to find out more about the talks and speakers, go to the conference website, and I will link to it in the show notes, and you will find information about the speakers, usually also a short abstract of the talk. You could also take a look at the conference film, the long version, which shows short snippets of each talk and workshop, so you can get a live impression. You can also find that on the conference website. Like the speakers, also the audience was a mix of researchers, teachers of various languages and age groups, though I think university teachers were the largest group, actors and theater pedagogues. We asked a couple of them for the reasons to attend the conference. My name is Justin Beard. I am the managing director of a nonprofit uh, social education company in Berlin called Interact English. And, and I'm a professional actor by training. Ah, and you are originally from the U.S.? I grew up in the United States, and yeah, I, I said now that I'm a political refugee, I came to Germany in 2005 when I was escaping Bush, <laughs> and uh, then there was a short period of time where it was okay to go back, but I didn't make it, and so I'm, and now I'm here again. All right, so what brings you to this particular conference looking at performative methods in teaching? Yes. Well, as an actor, uh, I started to dabble in ed- education about 10 years ago and had a lot of praxis experience going to classrooms and working with students and, and creating theater and creating original film pieces. And from that experience, we developed an organization. And 
now that organization is active nationally, we're in about 60 schools. We see 6,000 students a year in arts integrated programming and our focus is specifically on the intersection of the performing arts and foreign language learning, and in our case, English. So I'm here because I'm trying to work to contextualize the work that we're doing at the academic level and also to give ourselves a position in the landscape. Um, and of course, if you want to learn about performativity and performative work, then Scenario is the place to come. So <laughs> that's why. Others, such as Susanne from Munich, came with the hope of exchanging experiences and getting very concrete new ideas and impulses for their own teaching practice. I teach a course for bachelor's students for German as a foreign language at Munich University. Students who want to become teachers of German. For them, this course is the first contact with drama pedagogy and they see that you can teach languages not only at the desk with worksheets, yeah, but also with gestures, facial expressions, emotions, a different way to make things memorable. I really enjoy connecting with other people um, and seeing how performative teaching really works in the classroom. I enjoy the chance to actually try out new activities. I'm especially looking for new ideas, how to create just very small dramatic interventions that work everywhere and at any time to introduce movement and boost learners' attention. And we saw quite a bit of that. Saturday started with a keynote by Manfred Schewe, called The Dream of the Empty Room, inviting the audience to think about the spaces in which we perform. And while on Friday, due to the brevity of each talk, there hadn't been much time for audience interaction, this talk included a couple of playful interventions, such as a rhythmic warm-up. Can you actually spell a word in claps and whistles? And also discussing what the audience would do if a green dragon entered their room. Even more audience participation came with the so-called lecture performance of Michaela Zambanis and Mike Walter, which was basically a lecture delivered by Michaela Zambanis from the FU Berlin with integrated workshop elements facilitated by Mike Walter, also from Berlin. And the topic was the impact of movement on learning and remembering and the benefits of performative language teaching which was something the organizers had been keen on including in their program. This was somebody we really wanted to have uh, because I think she does a very, very important research for our field mm -hmm. um, because she combines neuroscience and um, didactic of, for foreign languages. Mm -hmm. I think this is very, very important. Um, especially uh, when she is able to show that uh, performative methods brings better, yeah, better results than uh, the traditional way of teaching. Yeah. And uh, she ha when she has scientific proofs, I think this is very, very um, yeah, important for us, for all of us. So we really wanted her to, to come to this lecture and we were very lucky that she finally agreed and I liked very much her speech with together with Mike Walter who did the practical side mm -hmm. and I think yeah if we are teaching or if we are speaking about performative teaching we should do it mm -hmm. <laughs> and not only talk about it. I have linked to some of the research that Anke mentions in the show notes. 
Well, the idea of finding ways of making learning more effective and long-lasting certainly resonated with the participants, even those from outside the language teacher community. My name is uh, Jana Blahak and I'm actually the daughter of one of the organizers and um, she hired me for this conference and I'm helping with the organization. Yeah, that's more or less it. But I'm actually a student uh, for politics and public administration, so nothing to do with theatre. So my question for you then, especially because you are from a different field, yeah. um, what are some of the highlights for you from the conference so far or things that you um yeah that were new and interesting for you as always the the thing that is most recent you can remember best so the 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 talk that um uh, we heard this morning was very interesting i think which was like uh, giving a little bit more background about why theater is uh, useful in in class and why if if you do something with movements and if there's also this social component um when you're playing together in a group you can remember and learn things much better and i think this uh, knowledge is very useful for for everybody basically and especially for students because our job as students is learning mm -hmm. so everything that helps us to learn is i think uh, very informative and useful for me as a student but also i am also a tutor for uh, younger students so i can give them this information or maybe even use some of the um activities that we did. Similarly, Alexandra, a language teacher from Göttingen, was especially interested in the role of movement for learning. Movement, creativity, possibilities, new things, surprise and um, all this really attracts me and um, yeah of course movement, um, yeah having all the time the movement present and um, the, the detail of uh, showing, presenting yourself and uh, to form to shape the, the form, how to present, that's also a point um, that's yeah, quite important. <laughs> so say. movement in language teaching is yeah. what in, uh, sort of fascinates <laughs> you most yes. about this? Uh -huh. yeah. okay. And how do you use um, performative elements in your own teaching? Uh, like eight years, I, I teach a course, it's called Deutschlern durch Theaterspiel, learning German through theater plays and um, yet yeah, fascinates me the, uh, the the students learn really quick with fun uh, the German language to speak spontaneous, um, free. Um, yeah, they have this freie Sprechen. They just train it there. It's in the group processes, in the presentations, and it's just like automatically they learn all the stuff what we are thinking about all the time as teachers. So how can we do this? Uh, really active presentations. Uh, the change between theory and then some practice so you can really um, erleben experience experience yeah, mm -hmm. yeah the theory in the practice and it's yeah I'm more awake I'm interested um, and I can notice it on in myself so what uh, what it makes uh, mm -hmm. the so. an active talk after the keynote talks in the morning Saturday afternoon was dedicated to a series of workshops in the first workshop round, Ulrike Jäger and Babel Jokšis looked at staging learning processes, while Brigino Gorman explored embodied movement awareness with her workshop participants. This was the workshop that I attended in the first round, and Brigine focused on our skeletal human structure and the flows of our fluid systems 
inviting participants to relate their movements to these two fundamental elements of the human body. So there was definitely a lot of movement in this workshop. Anke Stöver-Blahak facilitated the third workshop in this round on poetry as a means to train pronunciation and prosodic features. One of my personal highlights was also my, my own workshop because um, I'm, I was talking about poetry and uh, I know that this is quite difficult to establish this even in the in the yeah drama theater pedagogic scenery <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not easy even their poetry um, doesn't have its place yeah even there mm. it's it's somehow in between it's not in in literature science mm -hmm. uh it's not uh, only in didactic and i know that i'm working on that uh since i almost 10 years and now i was able <laughs> to give a workshop like this in a scenario a forum. In the second round of workshops, Niklas Halt gave participants the chance to delve deeper into his idea of RPK, reflections on practical knowledge, that he had already touched upon in his short talk on Friday. Fionn Woodhouse investigated how to create sticky, that is sustainable, learning impact and how the performative could be helpful in this endeavor. In my own workshop, I try to give participants an insight into some of the performative elements I use in my German as a foreign language classes, which is a bit of a special case in so far as I'm teaching academic German to future engineers. However, if you're interested in knowing more about that, you can find some slides on that topic on my ResearchGate page. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Saturday afternoon, the conference closed with a plenary where a set of recommendations, a kind of white paper, for performative teaching and learning at universities was discussed. You can also find the link to that in the show notes. And while I think that this was an important part of the conference, the time we spent on it was maybe a little bit too short. Also, and this is the one criticism I have of this conference, which I otherwise found really engaging and inspiring, is I'm wondering how much impact this paper will actually have. I worked in a business school some years ago, and I currently work at a technically-oriented university. And honestly, I'm not sure if I would want to read this, uh, this recommendation paper to my teaching colleagues from the technical or business departments. I sort of can already see their smiles and their comments like, yes, yes, you can do that in your language classes if you want, but please don't interfere with my really important teaching. You can see that I'm getting a bit cynical here. And anyhow, this is just my personal point of view, determined by my experiences. But let's also be self-critical. It is wonderful to celebrate what works and... I truly enjoy getting support from like-minded people at conferences like this. But how about the actual impact and how about the actual outreach that we have? So let's actually end on a slightly critical note. And uh, are there, is there anything that surprised you so far? I think that the level of professionalism that, that's here is quite impressive. There's really some clever people. I love the, the, the type of discourse that has happened around the work. And I think I'm also a little bit surprised that there aren't more people here. 
So it's a surprise and a slight disappointment. I, I didn't know what to expect. I knew we were going to be a niche community within a niche community. Um, but I'm, I'm heartened by the quality of the individuals that have shown up. While performative teaching learning certainly has a lot of potential, there are still many open questions. Not least the infrastructure aspect that Fionn mentioned at the very beginning of the conference, and that Justin also finds is actually a big problem in his daily work. My rant is this. I, I feel like I do a lot of professional development for teachers. I come to a lot of conferences, and it seems astounding to me that the primary barrier that keeps coming up about why we're not implementing more performative practice into teaching is classrooms and chairs and tables. There has to be a damn solution to the chairs and tables question because I refuse to let an entire, this, this incredibly important work just die because we can't figure out how to stack chairs and tables in, in a way that's efficient in the school system. That cannot be the end of an entire pedagogical and didactic approach to education. So everyone listening to this, please put your heads together. Let's figure out a way to solve the table and chairs problem. I can only second that. Thank you so much, Justin. Therefore, there's still a lot to do. So when will be the next chance to discuss these things at a conference? So the next big conference will be in Cork in 2020. There will be one or two symposia before that, but it has not been officially announced where the next one will be. So you can either wait for 2020 to roll around for the big scenario conference, or you can find out about the location for the next scenario symposium in 2019, or you could also keep your eyes peeled for updates on the next Drama and Education Days in July 2019. So, that was it. You can find all the links in the show notes. And if you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, you'll find them on my website, on iTunes, and also on Stitcher. Thank you for listening, and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>